Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Koslowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. And same applies to any professional who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Light the Fights. I'm your host, David. And as always, we are brought to you by our community sponsor, 1-800-CONTACTS. Thank you, 1-800-CONTACTS, for all of your support. And to all of our listeners, if you need great contacts, go to 1-800-CONTACTS and they will hook you up. Also, for our other sponsor, Lingo Eyewear, if you need prescription glasses or prescription sunglasses, go to www.liingoeyewear.com backslash light the fight and use promo code light the fight for $30 off your very first pair of prescription glasses, or like I said, prescription sunglasses. So now to the episode today's episode here at light the fight is an episode that I have made mention of this topic a couple times before, but I wanted to share this information with you guys in a very specific way today. And if you've been following light the fight lately, you'll notice that our episode format is changing. These light the fight episodes are going to be much shorter for more digestible content. And they also do another episode called OG Therapy. That's an episode that originally I wanted to do for people who are therapists or in coaching, uh, who help people with their mental, emotional well-being. I wanted to make videos so that people could see what I tell people in my office, tell some stories about real life clients, certain approaches, certain things I said to them that triggered something inside of them that helped them see things differently. But I decided instead of just sharing that with therapists on YouTube, I'm going to share it with parents, teachers, anyone who's willing to listen. So if you want to check that out, it comes out every Wednesday on Light the Fight. That's OG Therapy. But for now, these episodes, unless we're having Heidi Swap on these episodes, which she will be back, you guys. Heidi is still part of the team. I've just told you guys a couple times before, she's very, very busy. So after uh, we get going in the fall, we'll probably have Heidi come back pretty soon here, at least hopefully in the next few weeks, and uh, she'll be with us. Those episodes, they got to be longer. Heidi and I talk a lot. But in these short episodes, I want them to be more palatable, easy to swallow, get some good nuggets, as Heidi would say, and some good takeaways. So for today, this one comes from a conversation I've had to have with many parents. A lot of parents will come to me and they'll say things like, hey, you know, I'm coming to see you in hopes that my kid will get over their depression from a breakup, their anxiety that they have in social situations with friends. Uh, Maybe it's self-harm. Maybe it's relationship issues with one of their siblings, family members. Whatever the situation is, when parents bring their kids into me, they're usually pretty miffed or, or kind of confused or frustrated about how they even got to this place in, in, in the first place. A lot of times I'll hear things like, man, my life was so much harder and my kids have a life that's so much easier. When my kids have very few struggles in their life, but they have so many problems, so many things like depression, lack of motivation, anxiety, And the parents will name lots of things that they're worried, fearful, and sometimes even aggravated that their kids are even struggling with these types of struggles and having these types of problems. But what makes them miffed, what makes them confused, what makes them like really boggled is that they just can't seem to do the math. In their mind, they're thinking, I had a hard life. I work really good 
to give my child an easy life. So because of that, that means I should have an easier job parenting. Now, I'm not saying that can't work out that way, and I'm not saying that can't be the case in certain situations. But when people are coming to see me, it's usually gotten bad enough where they can't just dismiss it. They can't just brush it off and act like, oh, this is growing pains and it's no big deal. It's usually been going on for quite some time. So they come to me, they tell me these different types of scenarios, and they just honestly ask this next question. They'll say something like, so how is this possible? How did I have a hard life, work hard for my kids to have a great life and an easy life, and now their life is filled with so much stress, so much worry, so much anxiety, so many problems that I don't think that they should have because their life was so easy. Well, I usually respond and say something like this. Your child's biggest struggle is that they lack purpose in their struggle. Or in other words, they don't have enough purposeful struggle in their life. Now, when I say something like this, I usually get a look from a parent like, huh. It's kind of a tongue twister, but it kind of makes sense. Because they just described to me how they came from struggle, how they worked hard through things. They probably had a lot of things not be good for them as their own childhood, during their own childhood. They probably had some hardships, maybe lost a parent, a loved one, you know, some bad stuff happened. And then they think about how easy their kids' lives are, and they start to ponder on that. They start to think, gosh, in a weird way, this kind of makes sense. You'd kind of think like, and by the way, I, I tend to think that certain types of math don't usually make sense. To me, any math doesn't make sense because I'm bad at it. But math, as far as numbers goes, makes a lot of sense. One plus one, exactly, equals two. Math and numbers are pretty predictable. But when we're doing relationship math and life math, sometimes that doesn't add up. So sometimes it's not going to add up when you think, I had a hard life, I worked hard to make my kids have an easy life, and now they're struggling more than I did at that age. Well, the lack of purposeful struggle that I just mentioned a minute ago, and I've talked about many different episodes on Light the Fight in different ways, that lack of purposeful struggle is because the society and the world we live in today does not require young people to put a lot of skin in the game. Now, their parents require them to put a lot of skin in the game, or in other words, for them to do things to help out the family, to, you know, pull their weight. And there's a lot of kids out there that maybe they got a single parent, and they've got younger siblings, and they, at eight, nine years old, start learning how to cook dinner, start learning how to make breakfast, doing laundry. I have some of those friends I grew up with that, Man, when they're 10 years old, they're practically like many mom running the house. And those kids grew up in a different world. But what I'm seeing a lot more frequently now is I'm seeing kids that don't have a lot of purposeful struggle in their life. They have a lot of distraction. They have a lot of shiny things that um, entertain them. They have a lot of things that are fun, that are exciting. But when they have to stare at a book, when they have to be in a social situation where they don't know anyone, and by the way, all these, I'm just using random examples because not every one of you are going to have kids that struggle with these types of things. But when their kids are faced in situations and put in situations where they're going to have to figure out how to get out of it and they're going to have to use their own life experience 
draw from their own um, moments of life where maybe they uh, had a hard time and they worked through it. If they find themselves in those difficult situations and they go into their bag of tricks of, where's my self-confidence come from? Does my self-confidence come from the struggles that I went through that I eventually, you know, became self-confident because I was able to figure out how to get through the struggle, whether it was help from other people, hard work, or a combination of all the above, I was able to get through those things. Well, in this generation, it seems more and more that the kids find themselves looking in their bag of tricks, looking in their bag of life experiences, and feeling like they know a lot more than many adults do. And maybe they feel like they're smarter than their parents were at that same age. But when they go in their bag of experience and bag of tricks, they sometimes come up empty-handed. Meaning, yeah, they've had some struggles. Maybe they've had some struggles online. Maybe they've had some family struggles. Maybe they've had some struggles of uh, academically, what have you. But because their parents have built such a foundation on solid granite rock, right? A foundation that's really solid for them. They don't really have a long history with them being able to figure out those struggles without a lot of extra support. Now, I'm not referring to coddling because I've talked about coddling a lot on this podcast. I'm not referring to parents being overly protective of their kids. I'm talking about good people working really hard, wanting to give their kids everything that they didn't have. And by doing so, they unknowingly remove something from their kids' development that is very vital, very crucial, and very important for them to develop their own self-worth and self-esteem. And that is purposeful struggle. I always like to use uh, the, the Ute tribe, the Native American tribe, who's obviously native to this Utah area, as an example. I've read a couple books out there, one in particular by the name of Tribe, if you haven't read that book. Great book by Sebastian Younger. Well, in this book and some other books out there, they talk about Native Americans. They talk about, you know, I'm into, I'm interested in learning about hunter-gatherers and how our ancestors, I just find it curious, curiosity, you know, about human psychology over generations and over different cultures. And in a lot of these books, they have very similar um, outcomes and similar information that they share. They don't share it exactly this way, but this is the way that I share it. I think it's safe to say that if I was, you know, a member of a Ute tribe here in Utah, you know, 800 years ago, and if I was 15 years old, it's probably not likely that I'd find myself opening up my eyes and looking around, hearing the birds chirping at noon. I don't think it it happened like that. Meaning I don't think too many 15 year olds were sleeping in till noon. I don't think too many 15 year olds were sitting around saying I'm bored. That was a recent episode that we talked about. I don't think there'd be a lot of teenagers sitting around saying, man, there's, there's never nothing to do. Like this tribe is so boring. Like, why can't we be more exciting? Like the Cherokees, like, why can't we have like better music like, you know, the Apaches or this or that. By the way, I don't know if the Apaches got great music. I'm just making up stuff. No, those conversations really didn't happen too often because they were engaging in things that were very important to their survival and the survival of the tribe. Maybe some of the young men were working on their fighting skills to 
protect their family and protect their tribe and if necessary to go to war that they'd be experienced at you know combat maybe some people were you know working really hard to make that buffalo blanket not because they just wanted to like have a hobby in their board it's because in utah when it gets cold in the winter it's not like when i grew up in san diego where it's like you got to put a hoodie on no it gets really cold in fact back in those days Probably cold enough where a lot of people died and they learned that, no, us making the blanket isn't something we'll do when we have time. It's something we better do before winter comes and we run out of time. Purposeful struggle is a lot harder to implement in 2022. It's not as easy as me just saying, all right, tell your kids to do hard things and that'll be good enough. Because if what I'm saying is true, it's been a, it's been a slight evolution over time that the youth of this nation have become in, well, they've become less needed by their tribes for their survival. There's not many 15-year-olds that think, oh my gosh, if I don't, you know, go to second period math today, my family's going to get evicted. If I don't go to a PE class today, we won't be able to eat tonight. If I'm sick and I sleep in from school, my parents aren't going to get paid at their job. Our ancestors did have a lot of those fears and a lot of those worries. And a lot of the anxiety of teenagers that are my students, my clients, a lot of their anxiety comes from this looming fear and worry. Have I really done enough? Have I built up enough credit with my relationships, with my family, my friends, that if I were to be ill, sick, physically, mentally, emotionally, or if I were to come upon hard times, would they feel that I'm worth saving? Do they look at me as a person that I add so much value to their lives that they would jump and try to help me at the first chance they got? Or do they look at me like I'm a nuisance? Do they look at me like they're scared that I'm going to drop the ball and, and fumble some sort of great responsibility? Well, I can tell you a lot of teenagers, and it's natural and normal at that age, not just for this generation, they question themselves. And those aren't necessarily bad questions. The problem is, if they come back with the answer of, I don't really do that much for these people to really miss me or really need me. I don't really have a lot to offer. That's when it can become troublesome. So for all you parents out there listening, if you want to give your kids more purposeful struggle, you may have to unwind some of the luxuries and some of the um, comforts that you've given them. I don't want you to go to them and say, your life's too easy. I'm taking away your Xbox, taking away your phone. You need to be more like the kids of the old days, and we need to hold hands at family dinner and play only board games. For some parents, that may be a dream, and for some parents, you get angry and frustrated, and you just proclaim things like that, and you yell, and you get really upset. But I think if we're being realistic, the best way to implement purposeful struggle is in a partnership. Doing something with your kids. Now, the struggle may not be yours at first, or may not be theirs at first. It may be yours at first. So the struggle that I've given an example before is for some parents, they would find it very painful if they had to sit down and play video games with their kids. But the parents, have, the parents that have taken my advice and have played video games with their kids and sat down with them and they did something that the kids wanted to do, that the kids thought was uh, important to them, they had more leverage when they told the kid, hey, listen, 
it would really mean a lot to me if you worked on this project with me, if you do this one thing with me. Now, in the beginning, if you got a really lazy kid, someone who's really not liking struggle at all, some of you may have some kids that aren't scared of hard work that'll do some stuff. But if you have a kid that's really resistant, this may take a little time. But ultimately, you want to get them to partner with you on something and work on something together. Maybe they have a business idea to make some money, but they're a little scared or embarrassed how to do it. Help them come up with how to write that sign to sell those lemonades or sell those snow cones. Help them come up with an idea of how maybe they could uh, get like a little job, you know, um, selling candies for the school. Maybe if they're old enough, you can get like, um, there's little vending machines that, you know, you can make money off of. I'm just throwing out random ideas there. But if you're able to partner with your child on rebuilding a car, um, building something together, it could be something that they're totally interested in and you're not interested in at all. But if you engage in those types of common work and struggles with them, then it takes a page out of the book of our ancestors. Because every kid when they're younger in a Native American tribe or in any tribe, I would imagine, they had the elders of that tribe work with them daily. See, young people and older people weren't foreign to each other. It wasn't like, oh, those older boomers, they're so such a drag. And older people were like, oh, man, these young kids now with their new with their new uh, arrows and their new moccasins, like they, they're so disrespectful. <laughs> I don't think that happened. I think that the younger people had to respect the knowledge and the wisdom of the older people because they were wise enough to live that long. If you met an older person back in those days, you better pay attention to what that person has to say because they obviously figured something out to live that long. So involve yourself with something with your kids. Find something at first that they're interested in. Do those things with them. And then try to get them to partner with something that maybe is more in the middle that you're both interested in or something that you're interested in that it would really mean a lot to you if they helped you out with it. Purposeful struggle is the key. If our kids have more purposeful struggle, there's more lessons for them to learn. You don't learn things from just doing something that you've done a thousand times. Working towards a goal, having a start and a stop time, working with someone and it being a problem that you have to solve or fix, that's how you develop relationships, connections, and also that's how you know if you're valuable. Because when you're working with someone and they see your worth, they see how hard you're working at it, they see you grow, they give you compliments, they go, wow, you're getting better at this, you're, you're improving. That acknowledgement uploads to our brain and tells us we matter. If we're going through a hard time, those people need us because we can do things that they can't do and we can help their life be better. Well, you guys, thank you as always for listening to another episode of Light the Fight. And as always, please follow us on Instagram. We had our YouTube channel back up and running. Follow us on that. And if you'd like to come join us on Patreon, it's just $5 a month. Go to www.patreon.com backslash light the fight and check us out. And until next time, thank you very much for helping us to light the fight.